0: Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace so if you're someone who's
1: looking to start
0: an online business allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the kajabi family Everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we're joined by Tiffany Lee Bymaster, founder of Coach Glitter Media and creator of Lights Camera Branding. How's it going today, Tiffany?
1: Thank you so much. I am so excited to finally be here and have this conversation together. I am, I feel like I've been part of the whole Kajabi. Can we call each other family uh, for so long? Um, originally a founder. And even before I started with the whole new Kajabi experience, I was using previous iterations of Kajabi. And so it's so exciting to be here and share all the, the good, the bad, the, the trials, the tribulations, and the challenges of being an entrepreneur and having whatever unfolds in this conversation today.
0: Yes, I, I agree completely. Felt the exact same way. You know, we're what? We're 60 something episodes in, uh, give or take. You know, and like it's, I, I'm, I'm amazed that it's taken us this taken us this long, um, because we've done so much together over the years, and it's actually also just our first time interacting. Even though, yeah. you know, I you're you've been around for longer than I have, but I've been around for about four years, so it's amazing that this is our first like in person ish, not in person, yeah. but first one on one interaction.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's about dang time, right? So that's right, <laughs> that's right.
0: Well, let's dive in. Um, let's just kind of give everyone the quick overview elevator pitch of who you are and what you do.
1: Perfect. My name is Tiffany Lee by Master, also known as Coach Glitter Online. There's a whole long story about how I created that name back when people didn't want to use their real names and didn't want to get found online. That's how long I've been in the online social media marketing space. And I am obsessed. Still to this day, all these years later, I am so obsessed with helping my fellow online business owners who are up and coming or growing their business to the next level, use the power of live video to grow an engaged audience before, during, and after their live launches so that they lower their ad costs and increase their sales.
0: I love that. I love that. I, I'm kind of interested in honing in a little bit on the before. I know you talked about like a launch specific, but how about a live video as a strategy to just start building the audience? Is that also within your scope or?
1: Oh, absolutely. I know and believe more than ever, befo- uh, more than ever before that live video is really an essential part of of any personal brand business, of even physical product businesses, because just like QVC, I worked behind the scenes at QVC. I worked behind the scenes in a lot of places before I ever became the face of my own business. Most of my life, I was behind the scenes. But live video is that number one fastest medium that we have available on social media. Way faster than recorded video, written content, or any other types of mediums out there to grow that no like and trust factor. And that is why I love live video. It's why I'm able to immediately emerge myself in front of the most freezing cold audiences. And they will do two things. They will either want to lean in and learn more or they're going to be like, no, this girl is too much. She's not my style. But that's what we want to do. We want to attract new audiences as well as, you know, maybe show people who are not about what you're doing. And that's okay too. But it is the fastest way to grow your audience. And we definitely going into the end of 2022, when we're recording this right now and going into the next year, and there are so many changes on social media. There's so many changes in life. And we as entrepreneurs, we are change makers. And so we have to embrace change, love change, because without change, there are no problems. And without problems, we don't exist. And so I'm always navigating, well, what does the video marketing game look like? Where does live video fit in? And for those of you who are brand new to me. We're just... You're hearing my voice for the very first time. And maybe you'll hop on over and check out my socials or my website. But I've been around via proximity to a lot of big names in the online marketing space. But no one knew what I look like, what I sounded like, because I wasn't the face of my brand. I was like most people. I enjoyed using social media, but you never saw me. You rarely even saw a photo of me. But it was in 2015 when live video really emerged that it became a thing and I was on this on this platform called Periscope and one of my clients that I was working with for many 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 years I was her makeup artist and stylist I worked with Shalene Johnson for I think about 11 or 12 years she literally physically pushed me in front of my very first live video and that's when I got a taste of what it's like to do the things that I always helped all my clients do which is be on stage be uh, you know the one that's in front of the camera do the photo shoots and all of those things I was was always behind the scenes, and I got a taste of it, and it was awful. No one has ever in the history of live video, I will argue to this day, have done a worse live video than I did. It was on, and I didn't know it for ten more minutes. It was <laughs> sideways, and I was like, if I can survive doing that, I can survive anything. And all of those roadblocks and experiences and literal stumbles that I have made only build you up. It fortifies you. It strengthens you. And so now I've been the, the face of my brand. My my personal brand business, not the person that hides behind the camera anymore for coming upon eight years already, which is just mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah. I think you were, were literally behind the camera, maybe not like operating the camera, but like doing like really behind the scenes stuff in the uh, was it the TV and movie
1: industry prior to this. Yeah. So when I, before I started anything online, I had 15 years of experience at that time working in film and television and commercial. I have been a makeup artist and a stylist way, way back from even really in my college days. It's what helped me pay for college. I put myself through school and I did it on the side, but it was such a fun gig. It's such a fun job that I never thought it was a real, like an actual career. And I never thought... The funny thing is when you look back in your life, and now I'm in my late 40s, I'm about to have my 48th birthday next week, that when I look back that a lot of it was trusting myself and none of it was really planned. But that there are so many connection points. Like, I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to be able to seek out and really look at people's talents way before they even recognize their gifts and their talents, and then do what I can with my talents and gifts to bring that out and help them shine even more. That's been like the common thread all through the crazy timeline that has been my career, my businesses. And um, as a true entrepreneur, if you ever felt like you never really fit in, if you always felt like you're trying to find yourself, if you're trying to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up, which I kind of hope we never grow up. But here I am, I was in my early 50s and I trust the not knowing. I trust that we're always building skills and experience and all of it is kind of weaving together with that next phase, what that next step is. But yeah, I came from film and television, production, doing makeup, doing styling, learning about lighting, learning about set design. And then 15 years later, it would all pay off in a way that at that time didn't even exist. The internet was so new. I was someone that was on MySpace and then got on Twitter when that was (laughs) a thing. And then Facebook became something that was opened up to the rest of the world and not just college students. And so it's it's funny how all of those things, all of those things that you kind of feel like don't connect together. No one's ever starting from scratch. I hear from so many newer entrepreneurs. You're just new to this medium. You're just new to the space, but you're not a newbie because we just, qualify ourselves even before we start and you should recognize how you got to where you're at in your life and then utilize those skills and experience in whatever the next new thing is can
0: we talk a little bit more about that that specific journey for you transitioning from kind of behind the scenes uh, traditional like uh, really cool but yet yeah know, traditional job to like full-time entrepreneurship yeah
1: so i was always an entrepreneur like i am unemployable <laughs> I've done a lot of consulting and I still do consulting today, but I've been freelance and um, working in production. And I, I went from gig to gig to gig. And in that production world, you're either working or you're unemployed. And that has set me up for massive confidence and success online. Because in the first couple of years, it is really up and down. And so I've always really worked for myself, but still working on a television show or um, a, a movie. But once it's over, it's over. Then you go to the next season and the next job. And so that has really built me up to be able to figure out like what I want to do, what I want to do next. And people say that they're an accidental entrepreneur. I think we stumble upon our fate. And I, if you believe in a higher source or God or Jesus or whatever it is that I know that to me at first glance, it might feel like it was an accident, but it was the thing that was supposed to cross my path. And I was brave enough to do it, even though I prefer... Still to this day, I've done that thousands of live videos. I've done speaking on stage and interviews. And I don't have a podcast, but I'm like a semi-professional podcast guest. And I've done all of these things, but yet my personal preference is still to be behind the scenes. But the reason I was able to grow my business was because I wanted to impact more people. I had so many clients that were celebrities and big name people, people who transitioned from the offline space to the online space. And I could work one-on-one with those people. And I still do every now and then. But now, because I was able to build the online business, I've had tens of thousands of students that have gone through my programs, people who have yet to gone through my programs, but I've been able to make an impact. And so uh, that person that preferred to be behind the scenes, for everyone who... Especially, I, I attract so many introverts. And I think a lot of creatives are massive introverts that the online space was made for us because we get to show up, we get to deliver, and then we get to crawl back into our safe little quiet you know, spaces on our own and rejuvenate our energy and then go out and do it again.
0: Can you share a little bit more about just the early phases of that journey of yeah. uh, you know, it sounds like you were in a gig type role, but when yes. did uh, when did the money start coming in from your, your other sources or, or specifically? Like, well, I, well, I guess let's ask first, like, did you start out with like a coaching product? Did you start out just building a course? How did, how did you actually get started in this, this, I guess realm of business for you today?
1: I love this question because I think my path might be a little bit different than a lot of entrepreneurs, but it's a path that set me up for success. So working behind the scenes, I legit never had aspirations, goals, or even dreams initially to be the one in front of the camera to create a course like that. I would have left back in 2014. I was like, who are you talking to? I know you're not talking to me because that's not something that I would ever want to do, let alone dream to do. And what happened was that proximity is power. I started to get exposure to things that I didn't even even know existed. I was legitimately behind the camera. I remember the moment I was with Shalene Johnson and she had just started in the online space with her first big course. And she had affiliates who were going to help promote her program. People who she had built amazing relationships with relationship marketing is so undervalued. And I got to see the master do it. And I legit was there to do her set design and the lighting and the makeup and the styling. And I heard her create this video talking about all of the affiliate prizes for her upcoming big launch. And so I was like, what are these prices? Oh my gosh, a Mercedes. Like it was bonkers for like, you know, first place, second place, third place, all of these things. And, but these were big names. These are all of, you know, the masters of marketing at the time out there. And I, after that shoot, I just said, that's amazing. How does one get into that? Like, what is this thing? I literally had my mouth open going, what is this world I've never heard seen? been exposed to this. And so I just asked questions. I leaned into my curiosity. And and I was a beta student of her program. I legit was one of her best students. And I think a lot of the, the Kajabi users or new Kajabi perspective users, people who want to get into this space, you're going to probably or have invested in other people's coaching programs or lessons on how to do video or lighting or how to do live video or marketing and social media and all the things. And I was the best nerdy A-plus student in all those programs because I didn't have that money to burn. And so every single dollar that I scraped together to invest into any program, I made sure that I did the work and I got my return on my investment. And so she said, well, you've done this and you've implemented it. Why don't you help promote it? And I'm like, but I'm not this person. I'm not that person. All this massive imposter syndrome. She's like, well, what do you have to lose? And so she gave me a shot back in 2015 when affiliate marketing for people who were students, was not a thing. It's more common today and people should do that as part of your income stream and to help promote your own courses and memberships. But that wasn't a thing back then. These were the biggest names in marketing. And so I did it. And at the time, I'd started a blog a couple years before, I think on MySpace. And it was really just answering the same 10 questions I got over and over and over again. And so I put it into one central place. At the time, I didn't realize that I was creating a solution for a common problem. And that's what we do all the time. We do it all the time naturally. And so I had a tiny little following from that tiny little blog. I didn't even have a thousand followers on Facebook at the time. I had maybe 1500 people on Twitter. I've never spoken on stage. I've never done all of the things. And so if I could do it, anybody else could do it too, because I did it so organically and authentically. I reached out to a few of my friends that I knew could probably use this program. And I got on the phone and I was like, I did this. You've seen these changes. Let me connect the dots for you. The reason why I'm doing this and showing up on social media this way with my written post because you never saw me yet. And they were like, Oh, that's Chalene's program or that's so-and-so's program. And then they ended up investing in the program using my affiliate link. And my very first time out, not even knowing what affiliate marketing was, not knowing... I didn't have an email list at the time. I didn't even know what that was yet. I didn't learn it yet that I was able to create... I think it was like a $34,000 affiliate line because I gave myself a shot because I had nothing to lose. And now in hindsight, I realized the reason why I've discovered and become such a great marketer and someone who knows how to create a course was because I got to be behind the scenes, not as the makeup artist or the stylist. I got to be behind the scenes as an affiliate, seeing how other people promote the best of the best reading and looking at, Oh, that's what a sales page is. Oh my gosh. Getting even access to the best copy. Like I didn't have to create of that. And when you're an affiliate, they literally put that on a silver platter and invite you to use that to make it easier for you to promote them. I got to understand messaging. I didn't even know at the time. I was like, what's copy? I was like, what's copy? Are we making (laughs) copies on the Xerox machine? I didn't even know what copy was. But I literally went out and just reached out to the people that I knew in person, as well as the tiny little followers that I had, but people who had grown to trust me because I was writing a blog and making recommendations and what I use and sharing freely. And they also got to see the small incremental steps that I was making. So I learned how to be a great online marketer. I learned how to promote anything that I was genuinely passionate about. And I made my first dollar online through affiliate marketing. That was like the longest answer to your question. But I think it's so important because it wasn't just my first dollar sale. It was learning on the job. It was like learning by proximity. It was learning without having a ton of pressure to go all in with your own thing. And so by the time, years later, it was years later. And um funny enough, it was the co-founder of Kajabi that pulled me aside one day, year uh, two years into affiliate marketing. Now, I still only did affiliate marketing. And I had probably made at that time close to $700,000 two and a half years in. And he pulled me aside and said, I think this was after I beat Kajabi, by the way, because Kajabi was in a lot of these affiliate marketing um, pro- uh different... Offers that we were doing, and we were all on the leaderboard. And they uh, very bravely said to me, "Don't rely on just affiliate marketing. You're doing great, but you can't rely and be subject to somebody else when they're going to launch, or if they're going to launch, or if they're going to invite you back, or if they're you know, there's so many factors that you're not in control of. So basically, don't get used to this money because it could go away. Like now, you're in this great position to set yourself up. Now you've built more of that no like and trust by referring people to the best of the best programs." You're doing it in a, in a way that you're only promoting programs that you have first invested money and have done the work. And so you are vouching for it. And that's your word. That's your integrity on the line. And so you've built a community because of that no like, and trust factor. And that is how it allowed me to finally stop saying no to creating my own course. Because I said no a lot. In fact, Kajabi asked me to be a, a guinea pig for a different beta program. I think it was Kajabi Next. And I said, no, I chickened out. I didn't even give myself a shot. So that was a year prior that I could have created my first course. An entire year before I finally did it.
0: Wow! And you said something really interesting in there. A lot of things really interesting, but one thing that <laughs> stood out. Yeah, <laughs> one of the things that stood out to me that I think is a really great point is that nobody wakes up in the morning. Nobody is born with this like, oh, I know how to market. I know how to like. There's like entrepreneurship yeah. is not something that's like this trait that you either have or do not have. It's something yeah. that you know it comes from experience. It comes from trying. It comes from uh, all of these elements that play into the bigger picture of your journey. But nobody nobody just wakes up predispositioned for it.
1: Right. I think there are people who are inventors and creators. I am not one of those people. I don't think I've ever created anything from scratch. I know that my now I look back and I know that one of my superpowers is that I can see what's out there and I can pinpoint what the gap is. What's the difference and how can I make it either better? And in the business space, you know, they call it are people who are great inventors. I don't even have that DNA built into me. But what I am really great at now that I can say confidently is that I know how to build a better mousetrap. And there's a lot of us who are really great. And maybe you're sleeping on the fact that your superpower too, is that you can see what's out there and you're probably thinking it, but you're dismissing it. You're like, I could do that different. Maybe not better. And I don't mean like in an ego way, like I'm better, they're better. No, just in a, maybe you are better, or maybe you know how to do something differently. Maybe you know how to take a shortcut. Maybe, know how to take really complicated, multi-step processes and boil it down to just what's important. Maybe you're really good at telling people how to purchase things or get shortcuts, any of those things that has value. And when you're able to recognize in yourself what those things are, you will finally put your product out there. And we we think that we have to reinvent something in such a way that's so monumental that we have to like cure this or save the world of that. But the thing that you do... so well that you dismiss because it comes so naturally for you, your neighbor might be asking you about that thing all the time. Your friends might know that you're the go-to person for that one thing. And that could be the product that if it works for your friends and your neighbors and the people that you know, that there are more human beings out there that also are waiting for you to create it so that they can get their problems solved or their challenges, You know, lower the time that it takes them to do whatever it is, that thing that's so frustrating for them. And that is is like course creation. That is how you serve more people. And that is how we create our products and businesses by the things that we do so simply and so well that other people, to them, it is rocket science.
0: Yeah. I love how we so far, we've almost like just went on the rapid version of like the timeline of your history. And I want to continue this. Yeah. Um, I want to I jump into what was your first product?
1: Oh my gosh. I love this because my first product seven almost seven years ago to the day is still my only product product today. And let me explain though. So my first product, we beta tested it and the first beta test was so bad. And I think the definition of beta testing, like everything else, has greatly evolved over the years. At that time, I had created and filmed a few of the lessons. um, And then I ended up scrapping all of it and redoing it because when I got human beings to come into the program that I I learned that, oh, just because I know how to do something doesn't mean that I can duplicate that same experience for other people. That is the point of the beta. And so um, that was a great failure, but I don't even look at it as a failure. I think it's what we do as business owners that if you really look at yourself as a scientist, that everything is a hypothesis, that everything is a let's lean into our curiosity and just ask a new question and then a better question and then learn the answer from that, which then leads to the next question and the next question. And that's how I approach marketing business. How do I take something and then go out there, test it, and then figure out, can I teach this? Can I break it down into systems so that other people can replicate and duplicate my success? And then can I get more than one person to do it? Is it just a fluke or can I get several people to do it? And that's to me is what a beta test is. And still to this day, I really recommend to everyone that I know and all my students and my clients that before you go and map out this perfectly laid out course in your head in a vacuum and you take the time and effort and blood, sweat and tears to record all of those things, that. I recommend not recording a single thing. I recommend having a loose skeleton outline, literally with post-it notes so that you can shift and move because you're going to shift and move everything in different order. You're going to get rid of things. You're going to add things. And then start with a small beta group, somewhere between three to no more than 20 because it gets out of control. Um, and then have them go through it and teach it in real time, get their feedback, and then build the next thing and the next thing. It is slower, but it's that, sl- you know, that slow pace to then speed up. So much faster being equipped and more confident that what you're offering works. And that alone, especially for people who are first time course creators or it's your new program, I know for me, I would never put a product out that hasn't been thoroughly tested before it is ready to go.
0: Well, I will say that is the, I think, the first time I've heard someone give that answer that their first product is still the only product that they have. But it does sound yes. like you've pivoted on the way. Oh, yes,
1: it does. Yes. So the only thing that remains the same is the the name. So it's like <laughs> camera branding, which by the way, people get so stuck in so many of the steps of creation and process and finally putting it out there, which probably is just fear in disguise. But the name was the very last thing that we created because we needed to create a logo and you know slap it on all of the PDFs and the workbooks. So the name came last. And um, the only thing that remains the same is the name. But the way that it started, the 1.0 version, the beta version, we ended up doing like two and a half, <laughs> two and a half The first one was such a disaster. I had too many people in it, which is great because people wanted to just finally learn something that was for me and not just one of my recommendations for the other programs, digital courses that I was an affiliate for. They're Like she's finally doing a thing. And so I had a very simple program. It was launched at $97. It was a simple A to B, which is what I recommend people do in the beginning because there's so many learning steps. That's simple. Let me show you how to get on video. And this is the lighting that I use. This is how you can build a home set. Like I know people can't see me on the podcast, but you don't know if I'm in my garage, I'm in a basement. Like I show people how to easily and inexpensively create a set. And if they wanted to, I teach them some of my makeup and styling tips. That was it. That was the 1.0 version. And there was a massive... um, Apparently, a lot of people wanted to know about those things. Well, the second year, I learned that people loved it. They could duplicate it. They could learn all the things that I was teaching, but they would sit in front of the video or do their first live and have... Nothing to say, but they looked great and their beauty lighting was just (laughs) spot on. And then I... That was the thing. I solved one problem. I over-delivered on the promise of the initial program, but I discovered a new problem. And so I can send them away to somebody else that teaches that or I could start doing it because I knew that I did it too. I knew that I... In that same time, I was two years into being on live video. And for me, content creation was so easy because I just answered questions of the things that people were asking me about. I listened Listened, and then I created content around that. And so then I started teaching that because I they saw that I was walking the talk, that this girl that never was in front of the camera is now on video. This person that who is so obviously, if, if you ever meet me in person, I am still so awkward, but we can be awkward together. But I come alive when I get to tap into the thing that is my passion that I didn't even know existed until I was 40 years old. I didn't even start this thing until I was 40 years old. And so I, I just taught that. The way that I learned it and a lot of us not always but many of us most of us we are our first beta client we have done the thing that all those people out there they're still struggling so it's you two years ago or five years ago oftentimes and to really look back reflect and be able to break that down that is how I was able to create the next iteration that next iteration had a little piece of well this is how I create content this is my system this is my process I didn't have a frame your framework yet and a lot of people out that they don't have this perfect framework. But that was a part of the iteration. That was part of the development that I was first able to break down what I do and then replicate it, duplicate it, and then productize it, which is how you package it into your, your course. That was then how, oh, okay, well, let me make it simpler. Let me make it faster. Let me make it easier. And that is how the framework was then born in like year two and a half or three. And so it kept on launching, relaunching, relaunching. I, have, I can't believe I forgot how many launches I've done. Just for this one program in the span of nearly 7 years, I know we've done at least 12 or 13, um, it has pivoted. It has completely taken different shapes. It has shifted 180 degrees. And it has grown and improved as I have grown and improved from someone who only called themselves like a makeup mentor or lighting mentor to someone who really learned how to coach, how to work with people, how to dig deeper and listen to them and dig d- deeper below the surface level stuff and get to the real nitty-gritty. And then to be able to help them hone in on their business, which then led to, okay, well, you've been live launching. You you do your entire live launch with live video. Inside my program, we do live coaching calls. Why are my coaching calls not going this way? Why are my challenges? I did challenges, 5D challenges for the first two and a half years of my business. And then when we changed the product and changed the offer and we added to it and we didn't just go A to B, now it's like A to S. And and the product and the promise changed. The name remained the same. That I honed in on my skills that I was building as a, a marketer, like how to actually not just create the product, but now we need to learn how to market it better and better and better and better. And all the while, I'm still doing affiliate marketing. All the while, I'm growing. I'm tumbling. I'm falling. And then I'm stacking my skills. I started to be able to create better copy. To hone in on that. To you know, we didn't even have a sales page in the beginning. We're just like go straight. To to check out. <laughs> Here you go. And we've learned that that doesn't work so great, um, that there's a process and a flow and how to grow an audience in between. And I still, to this day, I am walking the talk. I do live videos. I grow my audience by speaking on stages. I, I grow my audience by getting on other people's platforms and doing master classes and bonuses and, and getting exposure. And because it's delivered live, people are going to immediately want to lean in or they're going to be like, I know she is not, my, not for me. I don't resonate. But either way, that borrowed instant authority, all of those things is how I've been able to build my business with this one product with the same name, but a completely... It's grown up. It's grown up as I've grown up. And literally to this day, the only thing that's the same is the name. And I look back on that first 1.0 version and I used to be really embarrassed by it. But now I'm super proud of it that I was able to put something out there. I did it with integrity. I did it with the best of my ability at the time. And I gave myself a shot. And a lot of us don't even shoot our shots. We don't even give ourselves a chance. And you don't even know what you're capable of until you do. And the thing that makes me so excited and so emotional and what drives me, even the 900,000 times, I literally every other hour some days, I think about burning it all down and going back to doing what I'm doing, or maybe it's just (laughs) time to retire. I know that I can't stop serving. I know that even if like social media gets more challenging. Challenging and the darn algorithm and all those things that there are so many untapped avenues that I haven't even explored yet or even know that it, it exists yet to be able to continue growing my business. And that is like where I'm at right now. It's like all those years later, all those iterations later, learning how to present and make an offer, how to create a better experience for people who want to go through your... your whether you're doing webinars, I love delivering live. So I went from challenges to doing video series. And I'm like, maybe we need to tighten that up because people have less you know, time dedicated to be able to do a three-part video series and, and all those things like how do I iterate next? How do I evolve next? And, um, and I think that's such a beautiful thing even when you're eight years in online that I still don't know. And I, I no longer let the fear of the unknown make me want to hide or quit. The fear of the unknown, I just trust the process knowing that I don't know what it is yet. I've never had a five-year plan in my entire... Exam- existence. And I don't need one now. And so don't you know? sink into the fear of it. Lean into the curiosity that's going to create and expose whatever that next thing is. Let's
0: say, I guess I, I'm curious. Did your first audience come from the, uh, the same like, affiliate audience, affiliate marketing audience that you'd built up? Is that how you attracted people into your first offer?
1: Absolutely. I think I built that trust because I didn't have to create the product. Right. That's the beautiful thing about being an affiliate. All you're doing is learning the marketing. So I kind of learned business backwards. I learned the marketing first having zero marketing background, but I learned it because I learned how to promote other people. And the thing that I didn't have to think about was the delivery of it, the creation of it. I I very carefully chose those products. So I did build my audience that way. I built my reputation, which is what our personal brands are about. Like, How do people explain what you do? How do they help? And what do they say about you? Do you follow through? Are you a, a person of your word? And all those things were building. And so I started building my audience that way. And I learned that when you do a launch, there's going to be a pre-launch period that you don't just show up and say, Hey, here's my $2,000 product or my $50 course or whatever it is that there's a ramp up. And there's this beautiful sprinkling of little seeds that you start to put out into your audience with your content, with your email. Once I finally got an email (laughs) um, list going and all of those things that then there's like this long pre-launch and it's an experience and a journey that you bring people together with. And so all of those things, you know, I learned so much about how to market myself, grow my audience, and then stop hiding behind just the affiliate stuff. Because honestly, I was doing that too. I was leaning on just the fact that I'm really great at being like your... Like you want me to be the affiliate for your program. I am the best hype girl. And I know that's why I've been so successful at it. Just on the affiliate side of our business, we've done over $4.4 million dollars to date total. And it's because I know how to promote other people. It became a crutch though, because I had to learn how to promote myself. And I think that's one of the most challenging things to do is to own your genius, is to own your expertise. It's so much... And I go through it all the time. I feel like I went through it right before this interview, the imposter syndrome and and like, who am I to do this? And the thing is, that imposter syndrome, being the introvert, whatever we're using as an excuse is actually our superpower. And I think think having a little bit of that going back and forth questioning and sometimes having too much of the imposter syndrome, it does empower me because it keeps me fresh. And I've heard other amazing icons and people that I look up to say this. Barbara Corcoran from um, Shark Tank said this literally a couple of weeks ago before I was speaking at a big video conference where I'm like, I'm a video marketer and I don't have a YouTube. I do things differently. But they invited me to speak here and I listened to her talk about this and nothing's by accident. As I was getting ready in my hotel room to go speak on stage, and she talked about how still to this day, even as someone who has generated billions of dollars, she still has imposter syndrome. And then Mark Cuban said the same thing. And he's like, yeah, it's 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 the thing that keeps me hungry. It's the thing that keeps me humble. And so um, I've learned to harness that initial doubt that I still have in myself and a lot of self-esteem issues and a lot of things that come up. And then I flip it. I I flip it faster now. I don't let myself stay in that funk. I flip it, and then I realize there's other people who probably feel this way. And then it became it becomes the thing that I talk about, the thing that I talk about that isn't so perfect and shiny, and isn't the road you know that had no ups and downs. Like it's not even ups and downs. It's like twists and road. The roads just looks like a roller coaster, and sometimes you get thrown off the roller coaster, but somehow you come back. And if you look at all of your struggles and your challenges, and even the failures that you had in your your life, the fact that you're still here and you're doing it, what happened just to the right of that failure timeline is what strengthened you. And every time that new failure comes or the new challenge in the business or the algorithm did this or this no longer works, this is your opportunity to really figure out, well, how do I get myself to that next level of greatness? How do I crack the code again? How do I invent a better mouse trap? And you've done it before and you'll do it again. So uh, I'm really interested.
0: I wonder what would happen, I know you are always an entrepreneur, but had you not, I, I guess, uh, overcame that, um, I don't, I, I don't want to say overcame the imposter syndrome, because obviously we were just talking about oh, Mark yes, Cuban who hasn't it. <laughs> right. overcame it, but you, you took that, that risk and you took that leap of faith on yourself. Had you not done that, where would you be or re- rather, where are you at now as a result of you doing this and taking this leap?
1: I think... I wouldn't have been able to impact the thousands of people. I wouldn't have even discovered in myself. Like I love that so many of us do this because we want to be of service and we want to help others. I think a lot of the people that I attract, we have that as the core. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't do things enough because it serves us. That that is not an ego thing. That is not something that you have to always lean on humility, but that we deserve that love and grace for ourselves as well. So I would have never discovered that I am a marketing freaking genius. I love marketing. I wouldn't even know that. I That is the thing that like I could talk marketing all day long. That live video, still to this day, not my favorite thing, but I do it because it's the vehicle that allows me to be able to make more impact that doing life at launches, getting like every single time before I speak, I am a wreck behind the scenes, behind the stage. But I heard that a lot of other famous people are the same way. And I kind of hope I never outgrow that. I hope I never get too comfortable. I hope that I really remember that even when I'm about to vomit behind the scenes on stage, that as soon as I get on stage, that this untapped side of myself that I didn't even discover until I got into this online space, that it exposed me and gave me the opportunity to be able to do that. That I'm not just supposed to be the behind the scenes person, that I can rewrite my story and that I'm able to... I don't even know what the next thing is. And I don't even feel like I have even fully uncovered how I can be of service and what really are my... God-given gifts and what's next. And I don't know, but that excites, excites me because I've done everything that I've done up to this point to be able to do that. And it's not that I'm a unicorn. I'm certainly not. I think there are people who were smarter and more talented, but they didn't go for it. And I'm willing to go for it very publicly and stumble and fall. And I've made so many mistakes, but I remind myself of this. All of my failures were not fatal. Like I'm still here. As long as you're not doing anything unethical or illegal, you're good. We can recover from anything.
0: I love that. I love that. And you you answered my next question, which I'm I'm, I'm always interested in figuring out what's next for you. <laughs> um
1: I don't know. <laughs> Isn't I actually that such like a that answer. answer? That's my honest answer. And, um, you know, I am almost eight years into my online business, starting as an affiliate marketer, almost seven years as a course creator, which by the way, my program is not just a course anymore. And that's the beautiful thing. You can create whatever you want. You don't have to stay in like a bucket or a box or contained in anything. My program also has iterated just from a course to a community and, and coaching. There's a huge coaching element to it as we change the offer and it became a bigger promise, bigger transformation that we were creating, Um, we were able to create an offshoot of that program because we started to have so many alumni that asked me, what are you going to do next? And I was like, I don't want to create another course, but we have an alumni backend membership. So that's always going as well. It's never open to the public. It's something that I love having that growing up together thing, just like I've grown up with Kajabi that I get to grow up with my students because it is a matter of stages and growth and having that support and proximity to power and like-minded people that will keep you in the game when you want to burn it down every five minutes some days. But um, what was your question? See, I already forgot where we're going. Go. Like, what's <laughs> I just <worked> next? next. <laughs> I
0: mean, we'll,
1: we'll do another launch. I actually scaled back and only did one big live launch this year. And, you know, I went from doing these really small launches to growing and scaling. Um, I love ads. I think people, you know, really dismiss ads because of what they heard and you're going to burn your money. And, and no, it's another skill like learning copywriting and then maybe bringing in a professional copywriter and then a conversion copywriter. And then for me, I had those stages of my business. I didn't do it all at once. I also believe wholeheartedly that especially when it comes to copy and ads to get your product out there more, that that is something that you, I recommend learning yourself first. And then you'll be able to outsource it so that you don't outsource your blind spots. I've never lost a dollar on ads. We literally wow. turn off the ones that are supposed to fail. We know that just like everything is a hypothesis that 80% of our ads that we test out are supposed to fail. Because that means we find the 20% of our ads that are going to convert. It's the combination of the strategy with the, you know, is it a video ad, which crushed for us? Our, our video ads outperform five to one. And I, every dollar that I invest into ads comes back minimum three times. That's really low for us, but four to five times every dollar that we spend. So we know that we can't spend enough on ads, but I didn't start there and I did it myself first before I outsourced it. Now I can have that conversation because I know what's up. I know how it works. This is why our ads are able to perform well because I can have those strategic conversations that this is the next thing that I really want to tap more into. I don't know what's going to look like. I will tell you right now and I should never say never. I will never teach ads, but I will teach how entrepreneurs can strategically learn how to do that on the creative side to test because I hear so many people and even on this podcast where people are freaked out with ads and I'm looking at how well their organic launches have performed and you can cannot run ads without potentially losing money on something that's never been tested and this is where I get really nerdy and into my marketing zone but I just want to I want people to hear this that this may not be something that you want to do today but in your near future when you have maximized your organic efforts and you have proven results that is when you add fuel this is when you amplify what's already proved to work organically and that's when ads work beautifully so don't be scared of ads I've heard it so much lately that people are so scared of ads. But ads wouldn't exist. It's the num- It's how social media platforms make money. And if your social content is working, that is what we test out with ads. And so all of it works together. The content that we create is building up to figure out what is the pain point and the challenges of our, of our potential next students. Growing our email list and being able to serve our audience. And that's what I do, not just with content, specifically live video before, during and after launches because so many people set themselves up for less success. I don't want to say failure, but less success than they're potentially capable of because they don't create a runway. They don't create a launch plan and creating a product is where they put their energy into. But this is why I'm like, do the beta with nothing prepared ahead of time, co-create it together with your audience and then really learn how to market it, market it, market it. And going back to the beginning of our conversation, that's how I learned how how to be in the online space successfully because I learned how to market it through affiliate marketing. Definitely look into the programs that you invested in and look into the ones that are accepting student affiliates because so many are. I do. I teach my students how to be a great affiliate. And that money that you generate from the affiliate launches, reinvest it back into your personal development, your business development, your courses. And that's if you do that, then you create that extra income flow that you don't have to deliver on. You just have to promote it and then you get affiliate money. There is no better money than affiliate money. I will tell you that right now. (laughs) And it's why it's such a major part of our business. Courses, it's what establishes me and continues to with what I create and what I do. And just like the co-founder of Kajabi told me so wisely way back then, it's not the only thing that I do. But it's so important to diversify your business. I did that, by the way, while I was still working full-time in production. And so it's a great way to have the side gig and to really fortify your skills with with how launches work, with how course creation works, with how delivery of the the product works. And then look into that. And then if you have a product that's successful and proven, invite your students. You don't need the big names. In fact, that's not even how affiliate marketing really works anymore. You might have a couple of people that will do a JV launch, but those are going away more and more. It's the real deal students that are your walking, talking billboard testimonials that become your best affiliates. And that's something I'm really Passionate about teaching, I don't teach it now, and I teach it inside, you know, my own programs. But I think that everyone should really look at that as an additional way to grow your audience, spread the word, and have bigger, better, more successful launches. Well,
0: Tiffany, I love how you—you you, sounds like you learned so much almost on the job. You, you, yes. you learned <laughs> through this process, which is incredible. Um, for anyone who's interested in learning directly from you, um, we'll have this in the show notes, of course. But what's yeah. the best place to just kind Kind of get a hold of you, get in touch with you, um, and learn more about what your offer is.
1: Okay, so I don't have programs that are ov- open and available all the time. That is by design. I like having seasons. This is where, you know, I came from a gig economy and a gig culture. And I embrace having seasons to be able to launch and serve my audience. And then what I have in the back end that's only for my alumni. Once you're in the family, then you're in the family if you want to stay for as long as you want. But they can get on my wait list for now. We will launch in the spring of 2020 depending on when they're listening to this but you can always get on my wait list uh, which also gets you into my newsletter it's at lightscamerabranding.com super easy that's the name of the program lightscamerabranding.com but meanwhile I'd love to get to know you please tag me in your Instagram stories let me know what your biggest takeaway is let me know your biggest aha let me know what you're gonna do next how you're gonna take a chance and bet on you and just something that you took away from this podcast please tag me, take a screenshot, tag both of us, Kajabi and at coach glitter over on the Instagrams. And I will share it back out. Uh, by the way, that was a call to action. I always, I'm always like boggled when people do podcasts or masterclasses or live videos, and there's no call to action, tell the people what to do. And but yes. I really do want to hear from you. Um, I've taught some Kajabi bonus classes behind the scenes. There's a really good one about uh, the differences between courses and memberships. Maybe you guys could put, the, I don't know. how. They, if you don't have a Kajabi yet, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. That's a good way to test it out. They have a 30-day free trial. Um, there's so many amazing teaching tools that you can get uh, for free as a part of Kajabi as well. So hit me up, let me know. And I think that's it. That's like the best thing that you can do. Just find me on social media. Just human to human. Let's have a conversation. Tell me what you learned from this podcast. Hopefully at least one thing.
0: I love it. Yes, I can't wait to see what our listeners uh, chime in with. Uh, it's so, so, so important uh, for you know us being on this end. We don't really, you know, you and I connect, but our listeners, we don't necessarily have that one-to-one, like we don't know. So when you're able to interact with us and engage with us, it means so much. Um, another way that you can do this is of course, leave us a review with a comment. Mm -hmm. Um, love to, love to hear your comments, love to know what we can be doing to make this, uh, more and more valuable to all of our listeners, but looking forward to, uh, seeing some of those comments on social, um, think, with that I believe that's all we have for everyone today huge thank you to you Tiffany for uh, joining us. I know it was long awaited. I know we made yeah. it through 60 some episodes, but I appreciate you. Uh, I'm glad that we finally got you in the mix here.
1: Absolutely. And if I can give just one more call to action, if you enjoyed this, Jared and I were talking about how we could talk about 25 different topics. Let Kajabi know that you enjoyed it so that I get an invite back and maybe we won't have to wait two years for it to happen. Yes. And I'll just put this out. My request is, um, I loved the Kajabi Summit back in 2019 and we know that the world is finally coming Coming back from all of the things that we experienced together. I hope there's another one in the making. And if there is, I volunteer, I volunteer as tribute to uh, host another panel or speak. Let the people know if that's, if you guys were there and you experienced it, I'd love to come back. So I'll just, this is me, you know, shooting my shot. So, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) Well, that is all we have for our listeners today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We will look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.